Hey everybody, Jeff Antoniak here. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz videos. Now, this video that I want to do today is on diminished sounds, but they're dominant sounds. What's up with that? This video, I want to send back to me about 30 years ago to when I was a little confused about people talking about playing diminished licks and diminished chords and this and that, but then they're playing dominant stuff. I was pretty confused. Maybe you're confused like that too. So we're gonna sort all that out today. And if you happen to own a time machine or know where I can rent one, let me know, fill me in. Okay, so this idea of diminished and dominant being similar or equivalent, that's kind of a big deal. And I was very confused because those are different chord qualities, right? Major is major, minor is minor, dominant is dominant, diminished is diminished. Those are the, you know, some of the main chord qualities we have, yet how is diminished and dominant the same? So let's look at this. Now, of course, we're gonna talk about the theory. I want you to understand this stuff, but I'm never and never have done a video, never gonna do a video on here's some interesting theory. Go think about it. That's some bull. I don't want you to do that. I want you to play it and sound good today. So that's where we're going to get to. On the sheet, you can see a lowly C7 chord. So let me arpeggiate this for you. And beside it, you see a C7 flat 9. So flat nine chords are nothing very new or scary for jazz musicians. We've seen those, uh, we're gonna see them plenty, we use them a lot. So that C7 flat nine, let me arpeggiate that. Of course, if you're a guitar player, if you're a piano player, you can play that. But m many of us single line players, any horn player, if you're a bass player, if you're a singer, you will arpeggiate these chords. Now, I would encourage piano players and guitar players to do this same thing, play chords melodically the broken arpeggio. So here's the uh, diminished sound, or I'm sorry, here's, here's the uh, dominant with the flat nine, get ahead of myself. So that sound with the D flat on top, I got ahead of myself, right? I called it diminished. Well, look at the next part on the sheet. I'm spelling out the chord, C, E, G, B flat, D flat, and I'm pointing out that there is, in fact, an E diminished chord living inside that C7. An E diminished chord. And an, a diminished chord, we build a diminished chord or identify one because all the notes in the chord are a minor third apart. C to G is a minor third. G to B flat is a minor third. B flat to D flat is a minor third. D flat back to E is a minor third. So that's the sound of a bunch of minor thirds. So really I'm leaving the C off of the C chord. So that is the first deal. That's the equivalency of how a diminished sound and a dominant sound can work. So perhaps you're understanding, or perhaps you knew this already, that you could play a diminished lick. You could play a diminished sound over a dominant chord 
and get some very cool possibilities. And that's exactly what I want to talk about today. Now, if you watch some of the early videos, like video number two or three, I think those ones were called Scales Suck. Now, I play scales, I practice scales, I assign scales. But for improvising, scales aren't always the way to go. So that's what I want to do here. Yes, I could teach you the half-whole diminished scale. I could teach you a bunch of diminished scales. That's not how I want to go. You're going to practice those for a long time before you know what to do with them. Let's get something melodic and usable right here. So if you look at item two, I've played it, but what I called item two is our new root motion. So I'm thinking of those notes from the arpeggio, the E, G, B-flat, D-flat. I'm thinking of those as a root motion. I'm thinking of those as their own thing. And here's why I'm doing that. Look at item number three now. What I'm going to do is build a very, very simple lick off those root motions or, you know, off those particular notes. So in other words, my lick, as uh, lame as it is, is play the note, Go down a half step and play the note you started on. E, D sharp, E. That's it. That's the lick. But check it out. Now we're going to go up to the G and play G, F sharp, G. So far, not an award-winning lick. Let's go up to the B flat and the D flat and just play that same little pattern. That simple, simple idea, take a note, go down a half step, come back to the note. Play its leading tone would be a way to talk about it if you know about leading tones. Not an interesting lick, but now the architecture, what do we pile on top of it? We go up a minor third. We go up another minor third. So the relationship of those simple licks is kind of cool. So the lick, the idea, becomes something more than that simple little three notes because of the root motion, because of this diminished sound, because of, and what does that mean, diminished sound? When someone says diminished sound, it means minor third distances. That's what diminished sound means. So there you go. Jeff, 18-year-old Jeff, there it is. That's what you've been waiting to hear. Okay, thank you for the time machine. That is about the deal. Now, I'm going to play uh, item number four, and then what I want to do is put on a backing track for the song Caravan, Duke Ellington, Juan Teasel's song Caravan, which has a bunch of C7 in it, C7 flat nine, and I'm going to play these ideas, just these simple ideas separated by a minor third, and you're going to hear how great it sounds. Here's item number four. <laughs> That lick, if you want to call it, was one, 
to flat three. That was it. There's nothing to that. You would be embarrassed to play that. Yet, when we take that and move it in minor thirds, we get somewhere. So there's a lot going on in this video. Um, one of the things I even haven't even said yet is what is an implication of taking an idea and playing it in a different, at a different pitch level, up a minor third, up a fourth, whatever. The implication is you're listening to yourself. You're thinking. You're remembering what you did. You're planning for the future. So there is this call and response aspect. There's this motivic development aspect. There's this idea of setting up a pattern. Human beings love patterns. We love hearing them and identifying them and wondering how long the pattern's gonna continue. There is so much going on here. We started with the dominance-diminished relationship. We thought of them as root motion. So you get it, there's so much going on here. And by the way, if this is the kind of stuff that's interesting to you, not only intellectually, but to get into your playing, visit us at jazzwire.net. We can hook you up with so much personalized information. Check it out. So let's hear this on Caravan by Duke Ellington. was item number three, the idea of taking one of those four notes from the diminished chord inside the C7, E, G, B flat, D flat, and going down a half step and coming back, always doing that. Now, we could, I could change the direction of the shape. I, I could do this for hours and keep coming up with interesting ideas, but everything I played there over the C7 was that. Now, the chord changes go to an F minor, so I sort of freely improvised for those four measures went back. Everything I played in those 32 measures was built from that diminished sound. Let me do it again and use the ideas from number four. That's pretty amazing stuff, right? That diminished sound. You have heard so many people use that sound. It's, it was, became a very popular sound, you know, let me say sort of th through the late 60s, 70s, 80s. 
not that the diminished chord or scale hadn't existed before then, but there were some players that were really sort of brought that to the fore. So when you listen to the great players from that era, you'll, you'll hear a lot of this. That is how I want you to work on it. Yes, I could have taught you a couple of these scales and we could have taken a whole other tact, which by the way, is the way I was taught or the way I picked things up. It did not work well for me. Scales suck, I'll say it again. This works well for me. Starting with chord tones and understanding what's going on with the chord tones and building from there. Some of you may notice, if you add up all the notes on this sheet, all the notes from uh, number four. You get a scale. And I'm not gonna tell you what it is. You gotta tune in next time. The scale is the diminished scale. But I consciously didn't take that approach. I feel like this is better. So I hope it is. I would love for you to get in contact with me. Leave a comment on Facebook or on YouTube. Send me an email. Let me know, did this help make sense for you? I know it worked like that for me. I know it's worked like that for hundreds of students that I've worked with, but I wanna know how it worked for you. Did you finally know what to call those sounds you've heard before? or that scale you've played, does this make better sense for you? I'm, I really do wanna know. This helps me do a better job. This helps me refine everything I'm doing and present it to you next time. So thank you so much for tuning in. I really uh, hope you enjoyed this and I know I'm gonna love hearing this 30 years ago when we get that time machine going. Thanks so much guys, take care.